Yes, I that's, not, that's not evil. Being hostile to all mankind and subversive is not evil. Well, I have to say that because St. Paul said the Jews are enemies of the entire human race. They are. What do you think of Jordan Peterson? Uh, did you see the video about me said I can't do it? Adam, I'm trying to do you a favor. Don't make your ignorance normative for the rest of us. Don't, don't use those kinds of slurs. On what, are there are no slurs here. Definitely, our most requested guest, uh, Dr. E. Michael Jones, a man who needs no introduction. I mean, it is. That's what they. That's what they pay the Rockefeller Foundation to do. Uh, you're not supposed to know what I just told you. They didn't know about this. They didn't know what we know now. Is there any argument you can use to wake them up? Yeah, I think that God had a plan for your life. Well, you'd be jerking off every curvy piece of driftwood you saw at the beach. Maybe you would. And you're consistently refusing to talk about pornography. Uh, Pete Buttigieg yes. seems to be the exhibit A of that process. Yes, yes. Because you think that the anus is a sex organ, don't you, Pete? Uh, Richard Spencer hands out spears and he says, charge the machine gun nest. Dr. Jones. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of the hands of the Federal Reserve were Jews, but after a certain period of time, uh, that seemed to be the case. Hello, welcome to another episode of EMJ Live coming from South Bend, Indiana on a dreary December day uh, in the middle of Advent. Um, we uh, are now celebrating. I don't know whether you heard the champagne corks popping uh, wherever you are, but this is the this month, this probably this day is the 42nd anniversary of the founding of uh, what is now called Culture Wars magazine. 1981, uh, and this, I just thought I'd uh, review this briefly because this was a time when uh, if you wanted uh, to exchange serious information, you did it by writing. And you had magazines, obviously television had been invented, okay, television was for idiots, it still was, it hadn't changed at, at that point. Uh, it was always intended to either for idiots or to make you an idiot by watching it long enough. Uh, and at that point, uh, you had to have a piece of paper in your hand. It was called the local newspaper or it was called a monthly magazine. And that's what it was. And over those 42 years, I developed the habit of uh, engaging with issues and trying to make sense of them, which you can only do by writing. 
I don't know what happened before writing, but uh, it's been around uh, for a long time now. And this is the way you come to grips with an idea. You have to uh, do the review. You have to get the material. You have to interview people, which is what we did last week with uh, Mike Parrott. And then you have to get the material down. And you have to figure out what are the connections because uh, no one else is going to tell you. That's why you're doing it. And if someone else is going to tell you, then you, you shouldn't do it because you're listening to someone else. To put this in perspective, uh, about 40 years ago, I had a conversation with Mother Angelica uh, because I was uh, a Hollywood, a big-time Hollywood producer at the time. Uh, meteoric career lasted about a month. Uh, and I was trying to get some type of understanding of what it meant to be Catholic TV. She was a very nice lady. She was very gracious. She was significantly older than me. She has now gone to her eternal reward. Uh, a kindly maternal presence talking with me. And I was grateful for the conversation. But in uh, retrospect, I have to say that Mother Angelica was not a particularly good influence on the Catholic people of the United States of America. First of all, because she got involved in a rebellion against the bishops that uh, came to its culmination with uh, a, a, a fiery video she did after the Pope went to Denver and somebody in the liturgy department there as um, uh, had a, a woman uh, pose as Jesus Christ during the Stations of the Cross. That set her off. She gave a fiery de denunciation saying, we're not going to take this anymore. And everybody I knew just rushed to follow that banner without any indication of where it was going. Well, it ended up uh, in a rebellion against uh, Archbishop Cardinal Mahoney of Los Angeles, and she got on the air and said no one owed him obedience, at which point she broke canon law. He didn't know that, but she did. And at that point, uh, Mahoney was ready to get uh, uh, file a uh, canonical lawsuit against her, to which she was vulnerable because she's in a religious order, you know, and took a vow of obedience and so on and so forth. And at that point, uh, Mother Angelica decided to have a, a miracle. Claimed that she was cured. She had been flirting with Medjugorje off and on on her TV station, the phony apparition. Uh, no one could talk her out of it. Uh, and then she um, claimed that she uh, had been cured of paralysis that she's had since a child. Well, a couple uh, months before that, I had been on the stage with her. She got up to prove it. And she kind of staggered a couple of steps forward and then sat down. Um, she was walking around before that. I, I didn't see any paralysis when I shared the stage with her in 1996. Uh, but uh, eventually nothing, nothing came of it. And uh, Cardinal Mahoney said in retrospect that God cured this lady of her paralysis so that I wouldn't have to be uh, accused of beating up a crippled nun. Okay, and that pretty much ended it, except that it didn't end it because when I got involved in writing this book, uh, which appeared as an article in Culture Wars, I said that uh, talked about her childhood and how it has similarities uh, between the childhood of Michael Voris uh, and basically isolation as a child. She felt rejected. Her father died. There was an element of father deprivation. And I said it set up the same dynamic uh, which would be uh, homosexual behavior. But I said, no, she's not. She didn't do it. She's not a lesbian. Well, uh, there were people now on the blogosphere. This is what happened over this time. 
she empowered a, a whole host of people a swarm of people that descended on the internet and started setting themselves up as the alternative magisterium. And two of these guys were Taylor Marshall and uh, Tim Gordon. And I went on the show and I said, no, I didn't say that. And they kept saying, yes, you did. It was one of the stupidest shows I've ever been on because it became apparent to me that their mission here was not to find out the truth of what I said, which they could have found out just by reading this book, but rather the truth was to convict E. Michael Jones of some heinous crime so that they could step in and shove uh, some type of rival out of the way. Well, that didn't work. And now uh, everything I predicted in that book has come true uh, with a vengeance. And now, now there's another issue on the table, okay? It's not to explain when, when I wrote that book, uh, Horace's homosexual past caught up with him and everyone was shocked. And then I tried to explain, well, uh, what he was doing was kind of homosexual narcissism. So it's a good book on, on people have said to me, it's a real good book if you want to understand homosexuality much less this whole situation. Well, be that as it may, okay, uh, that's not the issue anymore. The issue is this. Why did people throw money at this guy knowing that he was a homosexual? Why did they throw money at this guy knowing what they could have known by writing this, by reading this book? Okay, another gloss uh, I found uh, in... This article, which is the new article, which is in the next issue of Culture Wars magazine, I discovered uh, part of my research that our Bishop Strickland got a copy of this book in May of this year. Copy of it. Well, what's, what's the common denominator here? And all of the stuff that I'm throwing at you right now is people don't read. People don't read anymore. And if you don't read you're not going to get smart. And if you don't read and just uh, uh, absorb the, the the drivel that comes through the internet, now I'm, I'm on the internet, I'm telling you, I know this, because everybody's got to be on the internet. But that doesn't mean that this is the source of information. The source of information is reason and the link, the, the way you uh, logos, the way you attach logos now is writing because writing allows more sophisticated conversation than reading, than simply spouting off the uh, uh, your you know whatever comes to the top of your mind at this particular moment in time. In other words, the, the answer to all this is that I don't think Strickland read the book. I think if he had, he'd be in a different situation right now. But that's kind of presumptuous of me. Uh, if he had read it in six years ago, I, I guarantee you he would be in a different situation now. But May was kind of, May of this year is kind of late in the game. And so, uh, the, the, you know, the ball here is in a different court. And that's what I'd like to address at this point. And I'd like to address it by going to Scripture. And I think the whole relevant passage here. I, so, in other words, what I'm saying here is, I'm not going to read this to you. Okay? I know you all think you're CEOs, but I'm not going to give that elevator speech anymore. Okay, this is time to man up and start reading. And the best way to do that, subscribe to Culture Wars magazine. If you had done this six years ago, 
If everyone had done this six years ago, when I wrote the article, the world would be a better place because it's in a mess right now, precisely because people threw money at this guy and enabled his narcissistic homosexual fantasies to go viral. Not a good idea. So what am I talking about here? What is the scriptural reference here? If you're interested, it's the letter to Timothy. You may be quite sure that in the last days there are going to be some difficult times. People will be self-centered and grasping, boastful, arrogant, and rude, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, irreligious, heartless, and unappeasable. They will be slanderers, profligates, savages, and enemies of everything that is good. They will be treacherous and reckless and demented by pride preferring their own pleasure to God. They will keep up the outward appearance of religion, but will have rejected the inner power of it, have, have nothing to do with people like that. Goes on further here. Another gloss that is directly relevant to what we're talking about. Of the same kind, too, are those men who insinuate themselves into families in order to get influence over silly women who are obsessed with their sins and follow one craze after another in an attempt to educate themselves, but can never come to knowledge of the truth. Men like this defy the truth, just as Yannis and Yambras defied Moses. I I'm going to say it again. Timothy Gordon and Mar Taylor Marshall defied the truth. It's here in this book, I kept trying to say, they are not interested in the truth. If they were, they wouldn't have done what they did about this program. Sorry. Their minds are corrupt and their faith spurious, but they will not be able to go on any longer. Their foolishness, like that of the other two, must become obvious to everybody. Why, what do you think a book is about? It's obvious to everybody now, isn't it? You know, though, that I have taught how I have lived, what I have aimed at. You know my faith, my patience, and my love, my constancy, and the persecutions and hardships that came to me in places like Antioch, Icomium, and Lystra. All the persecutions I have endured and the Lord has rescued me from, even every one of them. You are well aware, then, that anybody who tries to live in devotion of Christ is certain to be attacked. While these wicked imposters go from bad to worse, deceiving others and deceive themselves. Before God and before Jesus Christ, who is to be the judge of the living and the dead, I put this duty to you. In the name of his appearing and of his kingdom, proclaim this message and welcome or unwelcome, insist on it. Refute falsehood, correct error, call to obedience, but do all with patience and with the intention of teaching. The time is to come when far from being content with sound teaching, people will be avid for the latest novelty and collect to themselves a whole series of teachers according to their own taste. And then instead of listening to the truth, they will turn to miss. Now this is the, uh, the Jerusalem Bible translation. 
It's oftentimes translated as a time will come when people will have itching ears and they will gather to themselves false teachers who will pander to their lusts. That's what we just went through with this whole operation. For six years after this thing came out, people threw money at a, a wicked imposter who pandered to their lust and scratched their itching ears. And now it's time to draw some type of uh, lesson, some type of moral from that story. Thank you. That's my rant. Let's hear what you have to say. Okay, hello all. Uh, this is the voice of Mike Pajakis, Dr. Jones' assistant, coming with you once again. Um, uh, quick rules for those who are new. Uh, call-ins are made via our Telegram channel. A link is in the description. And then in Telegram, I'll call on those who raise their hands. And then later in the stream, uh, we'll read off uh, the questions uh, from the chat. Uh, try to keep on subject. Try to keep to one question at a time. Be respectful of time and don't forget to unmute. And now it is time for me to go to Telegram. Who do we got first? Um, MV. Uh, go ahead, MV. Hey, Dr. Jones. Uh, I, I just renewed my subscription to a culture world, FYI. Good for you. Good for you. <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy it. And that electric vehicle article in the last issue was fantastic. I had a question about, um, I have a lot of older friends who, you know, I guess Generation X and, and even some boomers who think that, you know, the Democrats, the Republicans are both corrupt and they say, oh, I'm a libertarian. And after reading your book, Shylock, Hughes and Rams, and I'm still reading through uh, Baron Metal, I realized that libertarianism and my Rothbard and all that, it's it's based on usury, but it's, it's, an ex it's sort of a, a distraction from all that. So if we can't call ourselves conservatives or liberals and libertarians, not the right word, how would we describe ourselves if we're following this, you know, this general Catholic social teaching? Catholic nationalists. Okay. That works. Maybe there's a trickier phrase that someone will come up with, but let's try that for starters, because you're right. Both <laughs> libertarianism is probably the, 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 uh, the hidden grammar of both parties. Uh, if it, it became popular during the 1970s in San Francisco, uh, unsurprisingly, with homosexuals. And so a lot of homosexuals like uh, Robert Sirica uh, converted to uh, libertarian economics. It's an easy move to make. It's just don't tell me what I'm going to do. No one can tell me. Ain't no tell me what to do. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. And that's great. OK, if you're some, you know, poor guy in a, in a trailer home somewhere or other, who cares? But what really, the rubber hits the road when the people of wealth and power, they love that. That's why people, these uh, foundations throw money at Robert Sirica to undermine the church's teaching on, on uh, Catholic economics because they get to do whatever they want. And so I'm going to, uh, the story I heard was the man who bankrolled uh, uh, marijuana legalization, which is classic libertarianism uh, in Michigan. Yep. Now you're going to wreck the working class in Michigan by, by having them all turn into dope heads. Uh, he was busted on his yacht in New Zealand uh, for hiring marijuana. And he vowed this will never happen again. And so he changed the law to suit his desires. That's what libertarian is. And you know, some poor schmuck who thinks he is going to get be free is only opening himself to Jewish control, because that's also the hidden grammar of libertarianism from Ayn Rand to Murray Rothbard. It was Jewish from start to finish. And if you want to know what their economics is, it's basically Murray Rothbard saying, uh, 
you know, my gold ducats swell during deflation. You can find out what that means if you read Barron Metal. Thank you. Thank you for calling. Thank you. Okay, next we're going to go with uh, Quinton Eisler. Quinton. Go ahead, Quinton. Hi, Dr. Jones. How are you? Good. How are you? Very well. Merry Christmas. So I maybe I'm looking at this the wrong angle, but just hearing about, you know, there's how many documentaries, how much pop culture has been focused on the abuses in the Catholic Church. But little do people know, maybe you've known this for years because you're so intelligent, but Henry Kissinger um, was almost certainly a predator and, uh, you know, a sociopathic. Clive Davis, Quincy Jones. Is it important to, to expose these um, kinds of evils in other sectors, or am I kind of, am I kind of missing the point? I guess how do, uh, people just love to fixate on the wolves in the sheep's clothing in the Holy Church, but um, I don't know what I'm really getting at here. You know, I don't know if you've just kind of pondered that that dynamic or what. Yeah, you you have you you have you you can't do everything. There are operations. Epstein's operation was set up as blackmail to get people involved in sexual activity with minors so that they could blackmail them. Hugh Hefner's operation was blackmail. Alfred Kinsey's operation was blackmail. The FBI's involved in blackmail. Every All the big players in Washington are involved in blackmail, one way or the other. Okay? So uh, where are you going to start? Well, I think you have to start where when there's a threat. And we have to be we have to be able to read the signs of the times. And if we perceive by reading the signs of the times that this is a serious threat to what's going on because someone is hiding behind a curtain, we have a duty to expose it to to the extent that we can. I think that's what what's going on here. That's what I felt. I mean, why I, I wrote this book then? I mean, I said I, I tried to warn people: don't throw money at this guy. They ignored me, and think of all the damage this guy did because I got this book got ignored six years ago. I'm, I'm telling you the second time. This is the second time around. Okay, do we have to wait for a third time around? Are are, are Catholics that stupid? And Ben Franklin said, "Experience keeps an expensive school, but fools will learn in no other." Did did the Catholics get graduate degrees in stupidity? Thank you. Okay, uh, next we're going to go to was it Justin Tate. Uh, go ahead, Justin. Merry Christmas, Dr. Jones. Thank you. I uh, I'm put together successfully a book club, and we're starting with your latest work in January. And I wanted to ask uh, if you had any advice. It's me and three of my closest friends and you know an add-on but um i wanted to know if you had any advice for us as for how we should digest it and whatnot i was going to process with them afterwards before i possibly might email you questions and i just wanted to see if you had any advice and i wanted to say thank you and i hope you have had uh, merry christmas you're welcome you're thank welcome you. thank you for organizing that book club i think it's a great idea not just because of the great book you'll be reading, which was written by me, but by the fact that uh, you will bring people together in the local community that will be having a conversation with each other, okay? Trying to come to grips with what's in the book. You will be opening a space of freedom 
where you are. And that's the more, that's one of the most important things we can do right now because we are constantly dominated by managed pro, uh, conversations, by the illusion that we're getting some type of information. And we are inundated, inundated with por uh, pornography. Okay, that's true. With propaganda. I was going to say propaganda. Uh, and the recent war in Gaza is a classic example of the media, the Jewish-dominated media, inundating us with propaganda. Forty babies, oh, wait a minute, 40 babies weren't decapitated, okay? That was an Israeli. Max Blumenthal just wrote a great article exposing the Jews who came up with these ideas, and they go straight from Israel into uh, the mouth of Anthony Blinken, who retails his lies. I've already explained he's a Holocaust liar. Now he's a now he's a Gaza liar. Anyway, it's important to have these local groups, these local cells, if you want to call them that, of independent thought and unprotected intercourse, which is the word that I use many times. Thank you for doing this. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Justin. Let's keep going here. I think the next was, what was it, Alejandro uh, Herrera? Go ahead, Alejandro. Hello, Dr. Jones. Hello. Uh, how are you, sir? Good. Uh, I would like to ask you a question about uh, the assassination of Jean Paul I. Uh, I was reading an article uh, in which they described how David Yallop, that writer, wrote that uh, it was big Freemasonry, apparently the one uh, to blame. Uh, but also you say that in nowadays when someone attacks Freemasonry, it's because they're really afraid to say the word Jew. So I would like uh, to know what uh, you know about that. Thank you, okay. sir. Uh, it's not clear to me that everyone accepts the fact that Pope John Paul I was assassinated. I've, I've watched Godfather Three. I know it was part of the plot there, but that's as far as it goes. I remember when Yallop's book came out, there was just uh, a lot of uh, 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 disbelief. Uh, it, 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 didn't, it didn't fly when it came out. I'm not sure it flies now. Uh, if you're asking me, was Freemasonry involved in the Vatican? Yes, it was. The, uh, the Lodge Pedue. I got a call from uh, Michel Sendona, who was in prison at the time. He called me up and said he wanted me to come there and uh, I, he was going to spill the beans. So I'm thinking, well, should I go or not? Next thing I know, he's dead. He was murdered in the uh, in prison where he was. You give him some poison coffee and that was the end of him. So yes, there is Masonic involvement there. There's always been Masonic involvement in uh, Italy, as there is in Mexico. Uh, Catholic countries uh, tend to attract these type of conspiracies. But if you're asking me... Uh, uh, if I accept the thesis of infiltration, which is uh, Taylor Marshall's book, which says that uh, Freemasonry is behind the situation in the church, I would say no, I don't believe that. Freemasonry is an obsolete political movement. I knew Cardinal Gagnon. Uh, I visited him in Rome. He was the one who came up with the dossier on Freemasonry, tried to give it to Paul VI. He died. Tried to give it to John Paul I. He died. And then tried to give it in, to John Paul II. And he just didn't succeed. Cardinal Odie, I don't know. So I don't know what's in it. Nobody knows what's in it because it's lost. Cardinal Odie told me that the allegations came out in a thing called CC No No, and he didn't lend them credibility. Those naming the cardinals here, he's a Freemason, and so on and so forth. 
that's where I have to leave it at that. That's my understanding of it. Can't draw it any closer. All right. Thank you so much, sir. You're welcome. God bless you. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, let's go to uh, Glenn News next. Uh, go ahead, Glenn. Don't forget to unmute yourself. Yeah, unmute yourself. That's one of the big things in life today. Unmute yourself. So how are things on Cape Breton Island? or where? Good evening, Dr. Jones. Merry Christmas. Christmas. Same to you. Same to you. Are you in jail now, or are you still free in the? Well, the, they are the massing the troops there. It looks like a, I'm still free for now. Okay, good. Still free for now. Uh, but there looks like a federal prosecutor from Ottawa will be brought into this okay, mess. Okay. So we're going to have this into a national event after a while. Uh, um, next week I have the okay. first, the first of three trials. The uh, first one is. Um, uh, my landlord, who stole my rent subsidy for 17 years, is uh, being taken to court, and that's on next Wednesday. And then uh, on the 18th, I'll go in front of this retarded judge again and uh, say that I'm not making a plea yet because I'm not prepared. And so we're going to extend this by Grobadoke. And then we'll end the new year, we'll get into the funny part. So uh, stay tuned. It'll be fun. I got business to do with my little fiddle. You might see... Uh, a little video on the chat here of the newest version that makes music. So I'm really proud of okay. this. Thank, thank you for so saying. It looks good. Um, good. Uh, uh, my my friend, Father Alec McClellan, is is enjoying your book. Good. He's enjoying the book, the Holocaust narrative, and I wish hoping to order my own some. Good. Good. Thank you for the. Yeah. Well, keep thank up the fight, Doctor Jones. Thank and you. I'm trying to introduce you to people. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. And thank you. Yeah, for you're the, welcome. Thank I'm you. quite honored. Thank you. Thank you for the fiddles, okay. too. All right. Thanks a lot there, Glenn. Let us go to who was next here? I think a Frank Carmel. Go ahead, Frank. All yours. Are you there, Frank? Frank Carmel? Carmel? Don't forget to unmute yourself. You're next. Nope. Okay, next one. Who was it? Uh, Brendan Burke. Go ahead. Hey, Dr. Jones. Hello. You know, uh, just as a tangent here, Pat Park Pierce, uh, one of the great Irish heroes, he described himself as a Catholic nationalist. Of course, he was then, you know, murdered by the state. But yeah, well, um, I really think. Good. I think that's the closest I can come. You know, in Hollywood, I was talking with a friend of mine, and it's odd. Oftentimes, particularly if the plot surrounds like Irish or Italians, you'll see the insides of a church, but not one. And usually, it's a derogatory, uh, you know, or you know, crude in in a crude manner, or the people are crude. But I've never once noticed a, a movie or a TV show that's inside a synagogue. Never seen it. So, just found that uh, of note. Um, and then uh, one more point. Well, I, that way, to, just to, to mention that, I think I think that we do have the inside of a synagogue and a serious man by the Cohen brothers. Uh, oh, that that I've not seen. Uh, I think I think there is one. Now it may be the rabbi's office, so maybe we're that's not what you're talking about. But I have to check that movie out again. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. With regards to uh, the Kennedy assassination, 
uh, I'm interested in like what's provable as a cover-up. And to me, and I've never heard it said, you may have said it, but th I can prove a media and government cover-up. Uh, the first one I can, I can think of is uh, the guy who killed uh, Lee Harvey Oswald, and notice they give his uh, entire name, three names, was neither, his name was not Jack, nor was it Ruby. They, they lied 100% uh, about who that was. His name was Jakob Rubenstein. Right. And now that's the media, that's education, and that's politics. You won't hear his name. Right. They will not give you his name. Right. I agree. I agree. Apparently the whole route was organized by a, a Jewish organization. So they had the, the wherewithal to point, give the route in advance to someone who would want to kill him. This is part of the whole uh, story that uh, needs to be brought together. The, the, uh, the unspeakable, uh, someone chided me for not knowing about this book. I found out, I still haven't read it, but I found out that it's a good analysis uh of the relate of the reason that the motive the CIA had to kill uh, Kennedy, and uh, the the reason was that uh, other than the Bay of Pigs was that Kennedy was going to make peace with Khrushchev and end the Cold War, and that would have put the CIA out of business. Uh, Thomas Merton was advising him evidently, and then first Kennedy gets killed, and then Thomas Merton got killed. So, but that doesn't bring the uh, the didn't bring the uh, the Jewish Israeli connection into it. So I think that that still uh, needs to be done. Uh, one more thing. Who, who, in your mind, who had the most motivation to shoot uh, Pope John Paul II? The Soviet Union, obviously. The yeah. Co the communists. Okay. Because he was a threat. <laughs> obviously, it worked, didn't it? He destroyed communism, and the Soviet Union fell. So they were, whoever uh, ordered the KGB to connect that connect that Turk in the Gray Wolves knew what knew what he was knew what he was talking about. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Okay, let us go to MQ. Go ahead, MQ. Are you there, MQ? Don't forget to unmute yourself on your end. No. Are you there? MQ, okay. Yes, I'm here. Sorry about that. The, Dr. Jones, I'm Quint Stanley. I have a similar question about John Paul I. I've listened extensively to your videos and something I'm unclear about in terms of what you believe. Do you believe John Paul I's death was a homicide? I have no way of, of saying. I just answered this question a little bit before. That's certainly uh, the premise of uh, Godfather Three, but I, 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 first of all, I've never written a book on it, so I don't know. I just tell you that when Yallop's book came out, it was greeted with derision for the most part. Uh, maybe it's a cover-up, but I, I don't see, you'd have to come up with more evidence than exists right now. The person who visited in ja jail was murdered a week before, right? It, so it seems like you're it does telling point me, to homicide. This, this isn't a book I've written, so you're telling me things that I'm hearing for the first time. No, you've mentioned that you visited a gentleman in jail. No, no, I no, no, no I did. No, 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 no. That was Michelle Sendona who who contacted me and wanted me to go over there. And while I'm hemming and hawing, thinking it over, he was murdered in, in jail. So I, I wasn't in. Right, I right. never got to talk to him. And that okay. he yeah, was thank you for, he, he was connected. Thank you with, very much. Yeah. Okay. You're welcome. Okay. Thank you. All right. Let's go to Alex. Go ahead, Alex. 
Hey, good evening, Dr. Jones. Good evening. I'd like to wish you a Merry Christmas. Um, I have a question about the chapter in the Holocaust narrative about um, Bishop Williamson. You mentioned there was a Jewish Italian priest. I think his name was um, Abrahamowitz. Right. And you said he defended um, he defended Bishop Williamson. What became of that priest? Um, don't know. He was an he's, he was an SSPX priest. His father was Jewish. I'm not sure if his mother was Jewish or not, but obviously came from a Jew, Jewish background. Uh, and he defended him, and I have no idea what happened to him. I've never, I haven't heard about him since I wrote that that chapter. No, since I wrote it originally, which was was uh, around the time it happened. Okay, thank you. One more question: Did you ever um, speak to Michael Collins Piper? I did. Yeah, I did. I met with him okay. with with uh, with uh, Willis Carto. I went down to the offices, Willis Carto's office in in um, Washington, while he was still alive, and they were both there. He didn't say anything. He just listened to me talk. Uh, so it wasn't really a conversation with him. It was more of a conversation with uh, Willis Cardo, and he was just there listening. Okay, thank you. Okay, Dr. Jones, thanks. You're welcome. All right, uh, next we're going to go to uh, Jakey. Go ahead, Jakey. Hi, Dr. Jones. Hello. Just a quick question. Have you any plan? Hello, can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear? Yep. Just a quick question. Do you have any plans to release an audio book of all your works at any point? If I find the right uh, right collaborator, I will. We did one. You can you can get uh, um, Monsters from the Id in audio fashion. Uh, yeah. I, I simply could not work out a, a, a mode of payment that made any sense to me. Uh, I haven't received a penny for right. uh, that book and royalties, and so I just discontinued that relationship. If I can find another one, I will. Okay, cool. Okay, interesting here. Thank you. Some sort of audio audio version. Thanks. Okay, let us go to. Let's see. We got a couple people. We already called Brendan. The number there eight two six two three. Go ahead, 82623. Don't forget to unmute yourself. Nope. Not going to go. Okay. Uh, how do you pronounce that? Quatator? Quatar? Quatar? Go ahead. Don't forget to unmute yourself. Hey, Dr. Jones. Thank you. Back to this uh, notion of the uh, itching ears, and I, I think I understand it now and looked into it a little bit more. I guess what I'm curious about is what do you suggest or, or what, what do you think the ideal is as it relates to kind of knowing or following or responding to some of the issues in the Catholic Church and with, you know, the hierarchy? And, you know, you talked about a few news sources, newer news sources that people are tuning into and you know, call them out. So I'm just kind of curious, what's your suggestion or recommendation on what what to do in that regard? To, to who? The people who are listening or to the people who are want to do the broadcasting? To, to listening. So in other words, you know, like the notion of the church militant and, you know, that there were people who followed that and there was some learning of the faith through it, but also, you know, this focus on bishops and corruption there. That's so right. That's right. That's right. So 
can you trust the person? When I wrote this book, it became obvious that this guy was not trustworthy. Well, everyone should have acted accordingly, but they didn't. Now, why did they not act accordingly? I think it's what Paul said. They had itching ears. They wanted, uh, they, I think the dynamic is basically they wanted to feel superior to the Catholic Church because if they were superior to the, quote, Novus Ordo Church, they didn't have to follow its laws and they uh, could get away uh, uh, with their sins, even though they couldn't get away with their sins. Okay. I think that was the whole point of it. They didn't want to follow the teaching of the church. And so this guy, Voris, gave him a license to basically say, uh, you can follow me because I'm the real leader of the Catholic Church. Now, why anybody in his right mind would do that it would have to do with your desires. You have trouble dealing with your desires. You have trouble sub sub subjecting your desires to reason. That's why you did that. That's why you're lazy. You you want to, you want the CEO elevator speech, don't you? You don't want the hard. Is this hard work? Is it really that much hard work to read something like this? Is that hard work? Well, I guess it is compared to watching Boris twiddle his pencil and, and scratch your itching ears. This is, this is the ultimate explanation. I think is moral here. This is an indication of a moral flaw that you didn't want to follow reason and you wanted someone to uh, make you feel good about the fact that you didn't want to follow reason and you were going to give up, uh, give him some money. Now, I don't know whether I conclude, maybe some people were sincerely deluded, but it's not as if it's the first time, you know, you could have, you could have, you could have paid more attention. You could have done some reading. If, if, if people would say to me, oh, I don't have time to read. Oh, you have time to watch Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, don't you? And worse than Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune, you had uh, time to watch uh, real Catholic TV before the bishops forced him to take the, take the Catholic name out of it. And then you had time to watch Church Militant because it was seven minutes long and it scratched your itching ears and you didn't have to think. Well, there's moral flaw here. And by the way, this was pirated. And to all the people who pirated this book and got it for free, uh, you owe me money. Uh, this is theft. If you have pirated any of my books, you owe me money because you cannot have be absolved of the sin of theft without making restitution. And I'm making it real easy for you. You can make restitution by sending me the money that you stole from me when you pirated these books. Do you, I mean, do you realize how difficult it is the difficult situation that I'm in here where I got the ADL after me banning my books and then they take control of Google. And so the first thing that comes up in Google is the fact that uh, the ADLs slander of me. And whenever I speak at, at the Knights of Columbus Hall in Texas, the first thing that the whoever the, the Grand Knight does is Google my name. Do you realize how hard it is? to get the word out under a situation like that. And then you have the, the 500 guild prophets like Taylor Marshall, uh, who just gets me on to slander me and say, you, uh, you called Mother Angelica lesbian. I, I said, no, I didn't. No, yes, you did. He didn't want to hear the truth. So you got all these people who are preaching the gospel for filthy lucre's sake, who are not interested in the truth, and you got suckered into it. All you people out there who gave Morris credibility and money. Well, now it's time to wake up. 
uh, better late than never. Okay, get back to reality. And there is only going to be one church, no matter what shape it's in. There's only one church that was founded by the apostles, and it's not coming from Ferndale, Michigan. So now we know that. So let's draw the lesson and not fall into that trap again. All right. Uh, we're going to do one or two more questions here, and then we're going to jump to Cozy and take your questions there. So start asking your questions in chat, and we're going to pick someone over here in Telegram. Oh, everyone uh, put their hands down. Uh, oh, there's somebody. Dark Enlightenment. There we are. Go ahead, Dark Enlightenment. Dr. Jones, a pleasure to talk to you again. Uh, Thank you. I have a question for you about regarding uh, pro-life activities. Um, these recent votes have gone against us. Uh, in, And my contention is, is that uh, the culture is too debased, it's too anti-locos uh, to be fully pro-life in America at this particular time. Um, I believe our best bet is to secure some sort of 12-week uh, ban or 15-week ban or something and then work to change the culture. I don't think that the electoral politics just banning things that uh, at a stroke is going to be effective at this particular time. And I'm wondering what your particular opinion is as to what the pro-life movement should do uh, to uh, protect the innocent unborn. Okay. The very, look, we're, we're at a very lucky time because lo and behold, the Jews came to the aid of the right to life movement in May when they announced that abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. This was this will uh, this is the conversation that has never gotten started yet. Why haven't we had this conversation? Why aren't we talking among pro-lifers? I'll give I'll give you the answer. I know the answer. The short answer to this question is LifeSite News, which has prohibited this conversation. How do, why do I say that? Because a guy wrote an article on LifeSite News in which he said, in order to be pro-life, you have to fight anti-Semitism. Now, why did he say that? I, I guess he thinks he's going to, the Jews are going to throw money at him for saying something. I, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I so I posted. I believe that was Jonathan Von Maren, who is uh, very anti-dissident, right? He, uh, well, I, I think it was someone else. But but the point, the point I'm trying to make here is uh, I tweeted immediately. Not tweeted. It was on their website. I said, if you fight anti-Semitism, you are increasing Jewish power. If you increase Jewish power, you are promoting abortion because abortion is a fundamental Jewish value. Guess what happened? Within five seconds, if not, maybe five minutes, give them, give them benefit of the doubt, that post was taken down because LifeSite News doesn't want you to hear that. This is a racket, fellas. No wonder we lose every battle. Okay, what did Sun Tzu say? If you do not know yourself and you cannot identify the enemy, you will lose every battle. Well, the Catholics don't know who they are, okay? Uh, be largely because of people like LifeSite News, thank you, who makes no distinction between people who are in the church and people outside of the church. And more importantly, LifeSite News can't, not only can't identify the enemy, they will attack you if you identify the enemy because they got a license from some Canadian Jew to be in operation. We've already talked, this is in Culture Wars magazine. We've already published this in writing, okay? That's the answer to your question. 
As soon as you get an honest right to life operation, one that isn't a racket, uh, willing to spend $25,000 to have Ben Shapiro come to South Bend, Indiana, uh, maybe you'll get traction. Maybe people start to listen to you. But until that time, don't don't plan on it. All right. Thank you, Dark Enlightenment. Let us go to the chat and cozy. Here we are. First up, uh, Verit uh, Verit Tosity. Um, <clears throat> what's your primary disagreement with Taylor Marshall? Is it mainly a professional rivalry? There's no rivalry. There's no rivalry. He, he's, I told you what he did to me. This is not a man who's interested in the truth. If he were, we could have had a conversation. He's not. He's interested. You want to know what he's up to? Watch him. Watch his interview with Bishop Strickland. Watch his interview with Bishop Strickland and, and how he's trying to manipulate this guy. He's trying to grab, get his hooks into Bishop uh, Strickland. And unfortunately, the good bishop uh, goes right along with it. it it's uh, demeaning the office of bishop by sitting, uh, allowing himself to be questioned by uh, uh, a, a, a creature like um, uh, Taylor Marshall. Uh Question from the same person. Good follow-up. <clears throat> can you reveal how much Bishop Strickland was collaborating with Boris? Yes, I can. And if you subscribe to Culture Wars, you will find out. It's the revelation in the book, in the magazine. Uh, let's see. Scrolling here. Um, oh, from the same person. I, these are good, good follow-up questions. I'm just going to ask for Veritasity once again. Uh do Taylor Marshall and Tim Gordon owe you an apology and have they apologized? I think they do. And no, they have not. All right. Let's try to find a different one from the same guys. Ask good questions. Here we go. <clears throat> from Jakey. Uh, uh, you seem to be in touch with Milo. And are there any comparisons, i.e. homosexual narcissism between him and Voris? Yes, of course there is. I mean, my, Milo's, uh, what should I say, grand foray into homosexual narcissism was uh, during the 2016 uh, presidential campaign where Donald Trump uh, basically uh, paid him to go to college campuses and be flamboyant. And he was. He came by it naturally or unnaturally, I guess you'd have to say. Uh, but, you know, I mean, again, uh, you want to. Milo contributed to this. You can read what he had to say in here. He was uh, an insider. He was involved uh, with the operation. Michael Boris hired him. And there, you know, I think you, when you read his testimony, you'll be able to understand the difference between the two of them. Both of them uh, had a, a wound. Uh, the question is, can you deal with the wound in, in a, an effective and honest fashion? And I think that's where, where they, they differed. But you can, again, it's in here. I, I, you know, if you, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to come to your house and tuck you in bed and, and read it to you? You know, I, I have to come up with a cost benefit analysis for that. But if you know how to read, you can read it yourself. And it's all in here in this, this issue. Okay. Uh, from Gen X Catholic. Um, oh, wait. No, hold on. I'm getting mixed up here. There's, uh, ah, no, wait, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Scroll. Ah, here it is. Okay, that's the question I want to ask. Um, from uh, Dr. Dan, 
how how uh, how do you introduce the Jewish revolutionary spirit topic to teenagers? Uh, it's <laughs> it's throughout the liturgy. It happens uh, at the time uh, during Passion Week uh, when the Jews kill Christ. Uh, that would be one way to talk about it. I've already talked about it uh, in regard to topics like abortion. You know, it, it's, it's a, the Jews have said it's a fundamental Jewish value. How could how could religious people say that killing a child is a fundamental value? You could talk about it in light of what's happening in Gaza right now. How could these people, these Israelis, bomb these apartment buildings and and not know that they're killing innocent women and children? Well, they do know that the program is genocide. This is a, this is a a concept that will illuminate so many areas of current discussion. From as I said, from abortion to Zionism, you have to understand what a Jew is, and, and you have to avoid all of the racial pitfalls that uh, will short circuit this discussion and get to the heart of the matter, which is that the Jews are the people that killed Christ and they became revolutionaries and enemies of the entire human race. That's, that's the key concept. And it's in the Jewish revolutionary spirit in great detail. So that's how I would start those discussions. Uh, there's a question here on telegram uh, for Dr. Jones. Uh, could you give an opinion on uh, John senior and his book restoration of Christian culture? Thank you. Yeah, he was an extraordinary teacher at the University of Kansas who had enormous effects on a, at a secular university bringing people to the truth. Uh, the the uh, abbot of uh, Clear Creek Monastery was one of his students. I've had long conversations with him uh, about this. And uh, he he's the one who told me that it was basically the, the Jews who got rid of senior. They didn't like the fact that uh, their children were converting to Catholicism simply by being exposed to the truth. So, yeah, an extraordinary guy, extraordinary teacher. You know, there are people who teach and there are people who write and they're not always the same, the same people. Uh, from Sir Cosmos um, asking, uh, interested in the early church, um, uh, where do I start? You mean in my writing? You can start with the... Uh, the Aryan crisis. Um, there is uh, the story of the Trinity, uh, the development of the Trinity in uh, beginning with uh, the Gospel of St. John is in Logos Rising. The story of the Aryan crisis, uh, which is about 300 years later, is in, the, in uh, um, what, what's the book? Jewish Revolutionary Spirit. If you wanted the story of uh, Julian the Apostate and how the Jews tried to rebuild the temple, that's in uh, that's in that's also in the Jewish Revolutionary Spirit. I'm getting my books mixed up here. Yeah, there, so all of those places will be uh, a lot of them deal with the uh, early church. Uh, question on Telegram from Shmuel: uh, What should lay people in Germany do to fight against the liberalization of the Catholic Church? Okay, they're going to have to start talking to each other honestly. And that's that's not an easy thing for Germans to do. Every German is full of fear right now that he's going to be arrested. It's a real threat. This is the, one of the great ironies of history is in the name of fighting Nazis, they have instituted a police state that is worse than the Nazi, the third, the police state under the Third Reich. 
worst. Why do I say worst? Because they have much more sophisticated instruments now to listen in on conversations that should be private and have nothing, not in nobody's business, but the person who's talking and the person he's talking to. So the, again, everything begins with Logos. Everything begins with consciousness, which is the appropriation of Logos, and then sharing that with this select group of people who get together simply to speak honestly with each other. Unprotected intercourse. That's the key to starting this transformation that has to take place in Germany. From SS Tiger SS on Cozy asks, uh, where can a Catholic go to get genuine Catholic news? Where should the uh, um, CM refugees go? I, there's a Catholic news service. I mean, what I'm proposing here is not a Catholic news program. I'm proposing the categories, that's why I write these books, that will allow you to understand better how the sift the truth from falsehood in the um, by doing it yourself. You know, that that's that's what has to happen. This is, I wrote the Holocaust narrative to give a detailed explanation in, of how propaganda works. Okay, it's a category of reality, like the dead bodies lying on the ground in Ordruf. Uh, Eisenhower sees an opportunity and then he takes a category of the mind and imposes it on it, except that it didn't work there. It didn't work in Buchenwald. It's not going to work because there were no gas chambers at uh, at, at uh, Ordruf. Uh, but that's how it works. And once you understand the distinction between a category of the mind and a category of reality, you'll be much more sophisticated in understanding what's being presented to you on the news, which is pretty much... If you're talking about mainstream media, it's nonstop propaganda. <laughs> That's all it is. But it's in order to be effective, propaganda has to be based on some type of some type of truth, because otherwise it wouldn't enter your mind. You're you're supposed to jump to the conclusion that what they're saying is true because this is a, a known fact. It usually starts with a picture. That's what happened with the Holocaust. There's a picture. They're a picture of real dead bodies, and then they tell you this is how they died. That's the way it works. From Blaise Pascal, 74, um, could the tiny remnant of anti-Zionist religious Jews be the ones who St. Paul think will convert? Well, they've all, <laughs> they're already converted. I mean, they're, throughout the ages, Jews have always converted, and they're converting to this day. By the way... <laughs> I, I just, there was news that Norman Lear converted on his deathbed. At the age of 100, he was baptized. And Norman Lear was the producer of uh, All in the Family, which was a kind of anti-Catholic propaganda. Archie Bunker was supposed to be an Episcopalian, but I think everybody knew he was a Catholic ethnic. <coughs> but on the other hand, they said it was, uh, happened at the Dominican House of Studies. I just got an email from Bob Sengenis who said that the people at the Dominican House of Studies says he wasn't baptized there. So he may have been baptized, but it, it, there's a little bit of complication here. But that, all, all I'm saying is it happens all the time. All the time. It has happened throughout history. The Jews don't like to admit it, but they even famous people like uh, Eug Eugenio Zoli, the chief rabbi of Rome, converted to Catholicism. He took the name Eugenio, wasn't his first name, after the name of uh, Eugenio Pacelli, who was the Pope. 
it's just suppressed. It's there all the time. It's happening right now. I could tell you Jews that have converted because of reading my books. All we have to do is pr pursue this course and we will eventually come out on top. But more importantly, if the Jews follow suit, they will not be subjected to brutal persecution, which is where they are heading right now, blindly. What do you, do you can you feel the rage at Israel right now? I can. And, and I'm here in South Bend, Indiana. I can imagine what it's like in Morocco. That rage is being stoked by Israeli war crimes. I'm trying to, uh, this, I'm trying to help you guys. I'm trying to prevent you from walking into a huge trap of your own making. So please listen to Re. I know your, your whole ideology, your whole being is based on the rejection of Logos, but you know it uh, when you hear it and you can change right now, uh, not even uh, it, with all of that ideological formation. It's possible. Take my take my advice. It's better if you do it now than if you pursue this course because there's going to be a reckoning that you won't like. All right, Dr. Jones, what's at six o'clock? Wanna do one or two more? One more question. One more? All right. Uh here's a good one from what is it? So Sylvester K. How do we talk to Catholics who support the bombings of Gaza? I would say, uh, are you against abortion so you're against the killing of babies is it just babies in the womb what about uh, babies in apartment houses are you against that these are defenseless human beings no one ha has a right to kill a defenseless human being and you got one group that's supporting both so you can't have it both ways. Either abortion is wrong, in which case you can't support the Zionists in, in Gaza, or if you're of the left-wing persuasion, uh, like my friends in Ireland happen to be, if you're upset about the Jews killing babies in Gaza, then why are you not upset about the prospect of Irishmen killing babies in Ireland when they're Irish? You can't have it both ways. We have to have this discussion now. We have to come up with a coherent position. All right, there you are. Uh, another episode of EMJ Live. Uh, if you guys stumbled on uh, our show, it's every Friday at 5, every week. Um, if you're not already, once again, subscribe to Culture Wars magazine. That's culturewars.com. Like Dr. Jones said, this whole show, if you want to know the cutting edge, the serious stuff, if you don't want to be, ruin be ruined uh, because you're following idiots, um, and then seven years later, end up being correct about it just just subscribe to the magazine um all the books are fidelitypress.org telegram cozy bit shoot all that stuff subscribe follow what have you dr jones last words yes again there it is subscribe you'll get a copy and you'll be much more uh, aware of what you will know things about this that no one else knows Okay, I guarantee you, if you had done this six years ago, we would not be in this mess now. At that time, I told people things that no one else knew. Same thing is true of this. Subscribe to Culture Wars. Thank you. Culturewars.com.